Hey everyone, I'm Jasper. And I'm Stefano. And welcome to Make the Jump, where our mission is to find unique experiences, perspectives, and mindsets of individuals from all walks of life. If there's one thing we know, success comes in many different forms, and it's our goal to find out just how diverse it can be. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you, the listener, what we learn from some of the most successful people we know. So let's jump right in. Today's guest is a Hollywood talent agent who has helped facilitate numerous deals to bring top American actors and musicians to a new audience in Europe. For over 20 years, he has worked with some of the biggest and brightest stars in the entertainment business. With that, please welcome Zeno Pisani. Zeno, welcome. Thanks for being on. Thanks for you guys. For of course. Me. Uh, how's everything been for you? Everything's fine. We are here. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy the life, basically, because there's not so much to do with work. So mm. uh, we enjoy basketball and uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, we wanted to start a little bit with your... Uh, kind of your early life and just kind of delving into how you grew up kind of, especially I know you're yeah. from Italy. So can you explain yes. a little bit uh, how it was growing up in your family? What was going on in terms of fostering a, a life of sports or like a agency that you do? Yeah, I was growing up in Italy. Uh, I'm from Verona, the, the American well-known because it's the city of love, city of Romeo and Juliet. So mm. <laughs> that's, that's the connection for Explain My City. Um, I, I have one brother. Uh, I was growing up in my city. I did the high school in my city. Uh, I was playing basketball for my city team because uh, I love that. Actually, I played soccer and basketball until the age of 14. After, obviously, it was too complicated because basketball was becoming kind of serious. So I had to do a choice and a choice, uh, choose basketball. Uh, so I played basketball. After I, when I was 18, I went to University of Florence for study architecture. And after the first year at University of Florence, there was this opportunity to do like a, a kind of exchange program when you have the opportunity to come to United States to follow, to learn English, to follow uh, other classes. And I came to UCLA uh, and I fell in love with Los Angeles because uh, I love the city. I was a Lakers fan so mm. since the 80s. And I love the city. I love the sunset. I love the weather. And my goal was to come back here. But since I finished UCLA, I graduated from Florence. Uh, I studied architecture in Florence because uh, my family, uh, we are developers. We work in the uh, business of building uh, houses, building uh, uh, skyscrapers, building 
villages and selling houses. Mm -hmm. So I, I was seeing my future, obviously, working for the family because I grew up with my grandparents working for them, my dad working for them, my uncles working for them. And it was my absolutely dream to work with the family. So my, my life was pretty set up and I was keeping the love of LA coming here couple of times a year for vacation during the NBA season to mm. watch games, but I, there was nothing. My dream was to come to work here, but with everything set up, home, it was far from my mind to end it up here. Uh, it's happened that uh, with the first big economic slump, 2006, I think, uh, Italy was really hit hard and uh, the construction business was hit hard as well. So uh, I had more time and uh, uh, at the same time, I was started to, as a, I don't know, secondary work, start to have connection with Hollywood, uh, start to do a little work, helping companies to find the right, I don't know, testimonial for the campaign, uh, helping production to deal with the agent, uh, to sign actor. And little by little, obviously, that thing was still there, but was not my main, main opportunity. At one point, considering the situation in Italy, uh, I started to come here more frequently, and I started to understand that that was a niche where I can work and uh, I can really build up a business and have a lot of clients and be the person of reference for uh, you, the European market in Hollywood because there was a lack of this. There was no European mediator, no European people that were doing celebrity management as is called in my specific my business in the Hollywood slang. Hmm. There was a lot of company that they always seen in Italy. They were not understanding the Hollywood world, so they were afraid, uh, or because they had a bad experience in the past, or because they didn't have the right contact. So little by little, I started to have a lot of clients uh, requesting my services and uh, other things. I met my wife through the Lakers, so the connection with wow. basketball it was mm -hmm. strong. So it was another reason for moving here. And after I moved here permanently, and uh, here I am. Here I am after 20, 25 years. So you kind of so, found a, an area in the world of business that was not really being fulfilled. And you kind of filled that gap with your work in a way. Kind yeah, of yeah. I, I study and I graduate architecture, but at the same time I was my passion was more on the economic side, on the uh, business side of the, the work. Uh, so I was studying uh, how to do a negotiation, how to approach the client, uh, all this technique that in, at, the, uh, at the beginning, we, we are talking at the end of, uh, year 96, 95, they were still 
not an unknown discipline, but it was not at the level that now we study. Mm-hmm. And it was every time more interesting the uh, business side of the work more than the architectural side and just the design building. So uh, that helped me a lot for sure. Uh, and uh, I was firmly believer that uh, I needed to find an area that was not covered to have success. So, mm. uh, and I was thinking where my knowledge and my service could fit in the Hollywood business. Mm. So uh, after I understood what I could give, after I understood which was my connection, after I understood that my net of connection here was growing up every time because it's all about connection, it's all about trusting uh, with the agent, trusting with the actor. Um, After I understood these things, I put all together and the things turned out to go well. That's very uh, simple. I mean, I simplify the explanation, but it's how the things went down, basically. When you decided to step away a little bit from architecture and developing, was there a time there where you're like, okay, I really have to trust my heart now. I have to kind of change the way things are. Can you yeah, talk yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I say, uh, a big help was... Uh, Involuntary well, health was uh, the economy slump. So with the crisis that hit all the business uh, construction overall, uh, that was a big push because uh, there was less work. Uh, I didn't see so much future in Italy. Uh, I didn't see so much perspective. And at the same time, as I say, I was already working with Hollywood, doing small things, doing part-time. Uh, so at one point, I really decided, and I told my parents, look, I think there, there is space to grow, uh, space to create a solid business. I'm trying because uh, I have uh, three, four companies that they already request me to represent them, uh, obviously. Uh, I did the first work uh, and I see that everything was going well, uh, earning the first money with that business. So I say I would go there because obviously for doing a work like this, you have to be here because my work is basically negotiation every day. So you have to meet people, meet agent, uh, hearing what's happened, hearing what's the next big movie coming out. So for product placement, you can use some of your brand that they want to go inside that movie or hearing where the actor are going in the next few months so you can organize for them, uh, I don't know, a participation in a TV show in Germany, a premiere in uh, Italy, uh, I don't know, an event, a private event in Spain. So for doing this work, I needed to be here. Mm -hmm. So I say, I will move there. Uh, is a great opportunity. This is the right moment to do. I take a risk and it went well. How was your experience kind of going from Italy and then having to be thrown into the business world of the United States, having to make connections I mean, I kind of knew it because I, I came here for university. So I was ready. It was not yeah. just like jump out 
uh, in the unknown water. Uh, obviously, uh, I was basically, I would say that my, my, I was formed to think as the American people think business because doing the university here at the same time to do the university over there, open your mind a lot because mm-hmm. it's a completely different uh, way to teach and way to learn. I was ready. Uh, Hollywood is a word that you learn how to work inside by experience. Mm. Uh, you need to do your try. You need to lose uh, a lot before winning. You need to understand all the deal rules that regulate this very particular world. But after, when you understand and when you start to gain trust from the other, uh, when you see that the actors, the agent, they trust you blindly because uh, they know that they can trust you. They know that you can take them good deals. That is a good thing. So uh, it, it was not difficult for me to adapt myself to this mentality um, because I was ready and I studied here before and I knew United States before I was coming here in vacation. Obviously, coming here in vacation it's different than coming here for work, mm. but already the fact that a lot of people have problem in a city like Los Angeles to understand the city, and they are very confused by the city because it's a huge city uh, compared to the European city. You don't have a center. You don't have a distribution of the city classic like the European city, uh, and they are confused. They don't like it. They don't understand. Uh, they are killed by the traffic. I was ready to all that thing. So I know exactly how to move. I know exactly where to go. And it was not a problem at all. So I really love it. Uh, it was my dream, obviously. I, if you ask me if, I don't know, 25 years ago, I was thinking that now I was living in Los Angeles doing this work. I will tell you that you were crazy at that time. But, mm. you know, life sometimes turned in an expected way. So I'm really happy how we ended up in a situation like this. I mean, I, I find wife, I get married here. So I love it. Yeah, life takes a lot of unexpected turns. and Absolutely. It's just, Absolutely. You know, and I've been saying this the last few days a lot. We make plans and God laughs, you know. For sure, yeah, for sure. It's important. For sure. You, 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 never, you never know what's around the corner. Uh, yeah. You have to be very flexible. Uh, you have to be ready to adapt yourself. For example, right now, uh, this is unexpected turn. All the COVID, how it's impacted the economy right now. In my business, yeah. everything is stopped. You have to think that uh, we are not filming any TV show since March. So there's no set going on. There is one set going on only. In uh, all the office and agency are closed. So whoever respect, even in January, a situation like this, the, all the Hollywood world and in general, all the business was shut down for so long. But mm. it is like this. You have to find a new way and how to survive because at this point it's a matter of survive to be stronger when everything starts and be ready when everything starts, be ready to run out of the block. Right. 
I mean, you talk about adaptation, you talk about how you kind of in your career went into a new space that was in a bad time, not being exploited. And you said, this is the place to go to. I know that like a lot of things, my dad is a reality TV editor. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, um, and so right now, you know, he's freelance. It's not easy, but one of the things that some of the, you know, the, sure. the companies like TLC and stuff they're doing, they're doing like zoom. You know, they're doing Zoom shows. So that's a new yes. way to kind of make Absolutely. sure that there's still cinema. You don't have to go to, into production. I mean, so. The, 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 I mean, who has brilliant idea is the one that come out stronger. Right. We, we saw with the new economy uh, when obviously uh, there was people that started to invent Facebook. People that started mm. to invent. With basketball, we have Mark Cuban. And that was one of the huge problems from uh, it came out. It invented basically how to uh, transmit uh, the sound through internet. Uh, mm-hmm. And it made billion. We have the story of the, I don't know, the Winkerfloss twin that invented Facebook and after Zuckerberg mm-hmm. take it from there. I don't know if you guys watch uh, uh, Such a Network, the movie. Uh, or pirates of the what was the name pirate of the silicon valley mm. are beautiful movie that explain you exactly how every time frame has opportunity and who is smarter to invent something particular that will be used in the future in large scale we succeed. I mean, they, they, they were started, Pirate Silicon Valley started how uh, they were inventing all this uh, computer and stuff. They, they start from a garage. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, you think, you think, you yeah. have to see, yeah, look for a small pace, look uh, what is unique and where you can step in and try to be the best in that one. That's yeah. the, the goal. And I think that's the goal. I think everybody has to have. I think that's really what it is. Finding that little bit of brilliance that you have that isn't anywhere else. But I think something that, I mean, my generation struggles with this a lot is um, we want things immediately. Generally, yeah. humans want things immediately. And so we have a very hard time putting our time in consistently over seven years. Like, are you willing to put a seven-year project out there, you know, as a 22-year-old and say, okay, by the time I'm about 30, I'm going to have a really solid business. But it's not going to be easy. Five of those years are going to be really tough. But once I have all of this kind of stuff going, I have a great foundation, I'm going to go up. You know, there's a a guy that we, we, I don't know if you know Gary V, uh, Gary, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, is that his last name? Um, Yes. And one of the things he talks about is uh, he's a big fan of, you know, these Silicon Valley guys having a startup and all yeah. living in an apartment, you know, 10 guys making no money. You know, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of gain, but like they're learning so much and they're just doing the work. And sometimes you just got to accept it, do the work and know that and trust it's going to come together. Yeah, you know? for sure. For my generation was the new economy, the, the, the opportunity to 
make million for your generation probably is YouTube was yeah. YouTube yeah. was yeah. you know Instagram now is TikTok and <laughs> again who has the brilliance and the smartness to understand before and pull out content that people like it from a situation like this you can build an empire yeah. an empire each I see each generation had their opportunity because obviously uh, the world evolved uh, what people need is different so what you guys need now is different from what we need 20 years ago and uh, let's see you have to be brilliant to understand okay now YouTube, obviously, everybody wants to be a YouTuber from your generation. Everybody yeah. wants to have 5 million on Instagram so you can be an influencer. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do now TikTok and do the stupid dance on TikTok and mm. have 5 million <laughs> like. <laughs> I agree with you. Now, agree now, with you. now, the question is, what's the next for the next generation? Where what do you think it next? is? I have no idea. I no idea. I have a really difficult way to understand <laughs> YouTube and TikTok. <laughs> so, so it, it is. It is. But who we understand in advance, it is. For example, in economy, in yeah. the stock market, for people interested in the stock market, at one point it looks like the Bitcoin was the next right. great things to do. Right. Uh, and now it doesn't look instead. So there, it was a tentative maybe. There are a lot of street that they didn't go right they didn't go to the to the to the city of success mm. uh, and there's you sometimes you take the wrong street but you have to be able to adapt yourself and to understand how the world evolved yeah. hollywood world completely changed for example for the youtubers for the tiktok now they are the star now i have a lot of company uh, i work i do a lot of endorsement contracts fashion brand uh, with, uh, whatever before it was only obviously I wanted that that actor were my jewel I wanted that that actor were my clothes I wanted that that actor or that musician drives my car uh, now is I wanted that youtuber mm. that were my clothes mm-hmm. how can we do so in fact all these YouTubers, all these TikTok are represented by talent agents. That yeah. the same that represent actors. So yeah. Hollywood in the last five, six years changed completely for that. Because now there is a new category of talent that you have to yeah. keep in consideration. Because kids watch that. They don't watch. They don't read newspaper by in their hands. Yeah. The, the real newspaper as we love to read it. My generation was not really. Now they watch YouTube. They watch, they want a video 10 seconds, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, David Dobrik style, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. boom, yeah. boom, boom. And you have all the message. And that's what they follow. They want to see Kylie Jenner wear a pair of shoes and everybody follow them. So that's how we change the, the, the endorsement that has changed completely. Have you had um, an experience with, uh, I don't know, maybe one of your clients or many of your clients that really like change your perspective of the business you're in or kind of just even just change your life too? Mm, I would say no, because by you learn every time. Yeah. You learn every time something new. Uh, Every negotiation, for example, every 
because uh, the fun part, obviously, of my work is I work with the biggest name of Hollywood. I can travel with them. I, go, uh, I take them to do the endorsement campaign when I have a work. So I spend days with them. I have the opportunity to talk with them. And you have the opportunity to know this iconic actor or iconic musician. Uh, you can know them from their human side. So, you know, their story, you understand their weakness, uh, you understand uh, if they have something. The human side of the person that is really nice to see because you are used to see these big names in the movie and you think they are Superman. Mm. Uh, in reality, they are very normal people. Maybe they are smaller than you expected. Maybe mm. they are a little bit fat than you expected. They are not <laughs> so big as they come out on TV. Yeah. Uh, so that's the very the interesting part of my work. Obviously, behind that, there is the real work. There is negotiation. There is trying to find uh, the right balance. Uh, try to, I don't know, uh, be able to handle the expectation from the cl your client from one side and from the other side, the agent and the actor, because you have you are a mediator, so you get paid when you sign a contract. If something gets wrong and nothing happens, you don't receive anything. So you depend only by yourself and only by your capacity to close contract and be able to make everybody happy. Because a great contract is when the, both the parts are happy. If one of the two parts are not happy, it's not a good contract and you risk to lose uh, the client maybe in the future. So uh, every negotiation I learned something. Because is experience this work. There's nothing you can teach. There's nothing uh, you can read about. You can read how to be prepared. But the experience is the most important thing and last year I was lucky to be invited to be a TED uh, speaker uh, in Italy uh, my TED talk is online if you dial under my name and there I explain my story and I explain how basically the negotiation in Hollywood works because yeah. it's a very particular word with very particular rules is a little word. Uh, everybody know each other. Uh, the elite is the peak of a pyramid, you have to think. Mm. You can do mistake because otherwise you are out. Uh, you have to be very precise. You have to be very concentrated every day. Uh, you have to think in advance. Uh, and you have to make everybody happy. That's that's the the final result. Because when they are everybody happy, the trust in yourself grow up. Uh, they are willing to work with you more. The client from the other side, obviously, will give you more opportunity to do. And it's like this, that you build a solid position. You know? In in terms of the clients that you work with, because you said you're getting to know some of these, the most iconic people that yeah. influence yeah. all of society in the world. Yeah, you, you say you say a name and I work with it. That <laughs> was very lucky. Amazing. Working with 
uh, European market. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they want the iconic name. Yeah. That's the big advantage. So they don't want a, a young actor. Then maybe they are famous here in the United States, but they don't have a huge yeah. follow still outside the United States. So that's the good part that I work with. Yeah. A really iconic name like Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, Richard Gere, uh, whatever. Wow. You name one, Robert De Niro, you name one I work with and I spoke with them. Yeah. And, uh, and it's nice to see the character of each one. Yeah. Uh, everything. That's what I'm interested really most actually in that question is what comes up again and again with the Robert De Niro and Al Pacino? What is their character? What is like a personality trait that you notice? Resilience or something that you have on over for, the years? For, for sure, uh, the talent is the base of everything because we have to think be actor at that level is a really unique thing. You mm. can think, let's make a comparison with sport. Uh, the most famous worldwide sport is soccer. You know, for the American people, it sounds weird, but soccer mm. is the most watched and worldwide famous. How many great soccer players you have in the world? We can say at least 50 names that it comes in my mind. Mm -hmm. You play soccer, so mm -hmm. you know 50 yeah. names. Actors are really few. Actors are 15, 20, yeah. and they are all the time the same. Here we are talking about, like, I don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo will be famous and relevant for 40 years. Yeah. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Richard Gere, they are relevant since 40 years or stuff like that. So is a really an elite work and mm. obviously for an elite work you can be lucky to be there you have to be a huge talent especially in a very selected environment like this one because if you don't have talent you are out mm. like a soccer player if you don't, like a basketball player if you are, don't have talent you don't play in the nba maybe yeah. you play one year but you don't play for 15 years in the NBA. So you are not an actor. So the talent is amazing. And they are artists. So their mind is very particular. They have a different sensibility than a normal person. Each They are genius. We are, here we are talking about genius. You can talk about genius in sport as well because all the great players have something in their mind that make the difference. You see on Kobe Bryant, for example, his mind in Michael Jordan that now is relevant again. And the new generation like you guys finally were able to discover why all my generation love and grew up idolizing Michael Jordan because mm. of his mentality. And that's a very unique thing. Same thing for the actor their sensibility and their mentality is different. So they have a capacity, they have a smartness that is above the average, is a lot above the average. And uh, it's interesting to understand for sure the resilience, because uh, Al Pacino was telling me one time that he, at the beginning, he was in New York. He grew up in New York. Uh, Norwich family. 
he was studying uh, theater. He grew up loving Shakespeare. He was loving doing Shakespeare on theater. Uh, all the old generation of actors were basically formed and built by the theater. Now is a different. I think there's no more so much theater. Mm. Uh, they go directly on the main stage. Now they, I think that now their reality show as the theater that was in the past uh, is a little bit forced comparison, but mm. now the people are put on the stage in front of a TV and it's a reality show. In the past, it was the theater. And uh, the culture that they have these people is a, uh, a characteristic all they have in common and the love they have for their work that it becomes sometimes obsession. And this is a very similar situation in sport. So I think the comparison between sport uh, acting uh, or I don't know science genius is the same when a person has a characteristic as something particular in his mind that he think on top compared to the other he think with two days in advance compared to the other mm. is a way that for sure we take somewhere you don't you are not there for a random situation. And after the ability when you are there to elevate every day, to improve every day your work, that's another thing. Because these people, these actors, they were telling, they keep reading, they keep exploring new situation, uh, how they go in, how they transform, how they accept to transform their body for movie is impressive, uh, is, is incredible. This transformation, this body transformation, they, they say how much they love their work, how much they go mentally inside their work. So that is pretty impressive. I don't know if other people will be able to do that. It's easy to say, okay, they pay you 10 million, so obviously you will do it. But at yeah. one point, there is a, I don't know, a mental effect that can say your, your brain can shut down and say and your body can say no I would not do it mm. even if they pay me whatever I want so that's really impressive yeah it's uh, when you are in love with your craft and I know this is a soccer player it's a, sure. only be the best you have to be obsessed obsessed, obsessed. and it comes Absolutely. down it's not only to the game too I mean you have to be obsessed about the game but you have to be obsessed about every part of being an athlete it's about prioritize like being disciplined. So eating the right things, you know, saying the right things, acting the right way, presenting yourself in public the right way, going to sleep on time. You know, it's, it's so much, it's so sure. much more that people don't see. It's under the iceberg. All the little details count. Uh, I love basketball, as you guys know, as yeah. a, uh, I, w- I would not call a second work because it's not my second work, it's a hobby. Yeah. Uh, I'm lucky to cover the NBA as a journalist since uh, 20 years, more than 20 years. Wow. Uh, I w- used to play basketball in Italy, so I have a lot of friends, uh, a lot of connection. And uh, watching these athletes, how to perform, how they were obsessed. I, I know Kobe because 
I came here in LA exactly at the same time he arrived in LA. He was picked by the Lakers. <laughs> and since the beginning, I was the only Italian uh, covering the Lakers. Yeah. So he was talking with me in Italian every, every day since 20 years because I was the only connection with him with it. And in Kobe, you see the obsession for the work. Uh, obviously, at that level is even, I would not say exaggerated, but it is what it is. Only few can have, everybody can have talent. At that level, everybody has talent. What makes the difference between the huge player and the average player is in the mind. Because mm. it's not that Kobe was more talented than the others. Kobe has something in his mind that was better than the other. Because the speed was the same. Uh, the technical level was the same. Talking about great players. Uh, what is in your mind is what you, what drives you to the next and make you achieve some result that maybe you were not expecting. So you have to be ready every time. I read a lot. Uh, I think at night what I could do the day after. Mm. Uh, it's very important, especially for me in this, you know, now is everything very hectic, you know, phone calls, email, go back, go meet this person, come back. Think. Uh, a lot of time I say, okay, wait a second. I slow down the situation. I stop and I think for 30 minutes because I need to have a plan. Uh, and that is very important because having a plan in your mind is essential because uh, the instinct is good. Sometimes you have to follow the instinct, but uh, in my, in, for my experience, is better than the instinct take a 10, 15%. Because yeah. the instinct is the first thing that it comes in your mind. Mm. So when it comes in my mind, one thing I say, okay, this is the thing. Let me think if it's correct, if I have to follow. So I stop, I think, and after I decide if I move forward with that idea or I come back to, I don't know, the former idea or I try to look in another direction. That's what I learned here. Mm. Obviously, my situation could be different because each person thinks in a different level, in a yeah. different way, but, but this is what is for me and what, how it works for me. Have you, uh, what was your, I know you spoke a little bit about being around Kobe. I remember whenever I would yeah. watch the post-game press conferences, there would always be that. I, I was every voice. time there. Yeah. Yes. And it was you, yeah. I know, talking at asking yeah. questions in Italian and he would answer very well. Yeah. What was yeah, your experience being around Kobe Bryant and the, the, those kind of players and kind of living out your childhood basketball dream in a way on the sidelines, like as a reporter? Uh, it was not, I mean, Kobe is nice because it's like your idol that become your friend. Yeah. So that is a very particular thing. Uh, as a basketball player, I play uh, in Italy, but obviously after I came here, so I didn't play at a level. Uh, I play at decent level. Uh, but it's interesting to see, uh, especially here in the United States with the NBA players, because uh, uh, as a reporter, my 
first thing when I do a feature about some player, uh, when I have to write about some player, even because it's my passion, I will love to see where they come from. Because, mm. for example, in Europe, the situation are very basic because you don't have situation of extreme poverty like here in the United States. You don't have situation where people come from nowhere and this is was the occasion to survive and leave the ghetto. Otherwise, they were ended up on the street selling drugs and probably killed before they were turning 21. So it's very important to me to understand where they come from. So if I have the occasion, I go to see where they went to school, where they grew up, in which area, in which I do. In LA, I did all the feature on all the player uh, rise and born in LA. Uh, before doing the interview with them, I went to see high school. I, I, will, I love high school. Mm. I love college and I love high school basketball. But I love to see, for example, all the players from the era from South Central going there, going to see the street where they were uh, and the story that they were telling me, like, you know, this street was controlled by this gang, the mm. other street was controlled by the other gang. Uh, I remember when they wrote about Demar de Rosen or Baron Davis, they were telling me my high school was Baron Davis is a particular story because after he came here to Crossroad to Santa Monica to play. Mm -hmm. So I saw him when he was uh, fourth and fifth year uh, at Crossroad High School because he was a UCLA bound. So I usually go to look which player we can get. So mm -hmm. uh, and Baron Davis was impressed. I I love basketball. I will watch basketball from day to night, and from seeing where they come from, you understand a lot. And a lot of the style, how they play, is where they come from. Mm. So that's the most, uh, the behind the scene of the NBA is the part that is fascinating. Yeah. Much, in my opinion, because I'm a very curious person. Uh, so I want to dig, I don't want to stay on the top of the news, especially right now, that in the communication world, uh, now you have everything immediately with Twitter. It's important mm -hmm. that you have the news immediately. It's not important, like in the past, to read the newspaper, having a good journalist that can give you a critical idea and make you think about the fact. Now the facts are thrown out in real time and you take it as you have. Yeah. So understand, give a deep look at the situation of the player, you understand their character, you understand why they are like this. Uh, mm -hmm. The nice takeaway I, I can have from the sport world. And I look at this world like uh, a, a, bit a hobby. So I have fun, I have the joy. So it's not a work. I'm not tired of working on that. And that's the best thing I can. Yeah, well, kind of on that, on the note of basketball, and I know you're with your passion of basketball. Kind of the last question I wanted to ask you is what do you think of the current state of the NBA? Who do you think is going to win this year, especially in the bubble? And what are, you, what are your predictions? Uh, for sure, as sad not having the playoff here in LA. Yeah. Uh, as from the journalistic perspective, is a little bit more difficult to read games because 
I can watch practice. I can go to practice. You can feel how is the team. Mm-hmm. And not having the on-court advantage is an underrated part that people are not talking so much about, but is a huge part overall for the Lakers and Clippers. Obviously, in LA, uh, on-court advantage doesn't mean that you have the loudest fan, uh, but is for the other team to come in LA. Uh, is for a player to play in front of his crowd uh, with his court, with the light as is used to. Uh, there's a huge difference to play home and to play away. Yeah, You can see from the data, especially from the bench point, uh, from the bench player. Bench player historically performed better home than away. Now with this situation, and I mean, the NBA did a great job because it was the only way to play. You can see with baseball and football that they try to play out of a bubble and you see how is the situation with the coronavirus is the only way to play, but there's no real advantage. I would not be surprised to see, I don't know. I don't think Portland will be able to beat the Lakers, uh, but I would not be surprised to see, I don't know, Dallas, for example, surprise the Clippers or the Lakers losing the second round against Oklahoma or Houston. Is everything there. The best team we win, that's for sure. There's no other factor on that. The best thing we win. But obviously for a Lakers fans, as I am, point is a little bit disappointing because you have home mm-hmm. court advantage. And for a team like this, would be it was a huge thing and now you don't have any more. So you mm-hmm. see how we struggle. I stay with my prediction uh, that the Clippers are the best team in the NBA and they will win the title because they are the more deep and they have five people they can score. And that's a unique thing no no other team has. So I stay with the Clippers. Yeah, well, hopefully the Lakers can change that, but we'll see. Well, uh, Zana, we want to thank you for coming on with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for you guys. We wanted to thank everybody for listening, and we hope you join us on the next episode of Make the Jump. Make the Jump.